right, good morning. Glad you're here. If you'll take your celebration guide. I know some of you are first-time guests, maybe second. If you would please fill out the registration uh, on the celebration guide, please do that. Rip it off, drop it in the offering plate so that we can just acknowledge that you were here. Thank, send you a thank you for coming. Um, all you folks that are back from Alaska, glad you're back with us. Yeah, had a good time. <clears throat> I know you're tired, got a lot of work done at the same time, but uh, thank you. You know, I, I think there's something about, um, that I think the future in church is going to be doing multi-generational things. I really do. I think that's going to be a, a key. Um, you know, a, had teenagers, middle-aged, older folks, and I think that just kind of really works good. Um, anyway, so thank y'all for representing us the way you did. Uh, if I had my glasses on, I could read this. Um, the bottles that we handed out a while back that, that you were to fill up with change and we would give to the pregnancy center, we had about 100 that didn't come back in. And of course, we get charged for every empty bottle. So yeah, I want to tell you a lot, but it's not, about, about a dollar a bottle. But um, anyway, if you don't mind doing that, filling it up and bringing it back, they'd still appreciate it. And uh, we would too. All right. And then, of course, to find out about more announcements, just do the scan on the bulletin and uh, that'll pop up for you. I'm going to tell you more about Wednesday night during the sermon today and what I'm going to be doing on that Wednesday night. So anyway, glad you're here. Now let's stand and welcome somebody around you to church.
yours will be the only thing that matters to me
because I don't have to remember any words. <laughs> That's the way If they're still at the mention of his name They'll say my God is still the same Ask the wall If they still fall the mighty sound of praise They'll say my God is still the same Father, that is a wonderful, not only a promise, but it's a rea reality that we can live with, that our God is always the same. And Lord, as we speak later this morning about the changes in life that we have to go through, it's always comforting to know that deep down you don't change and you love us. You will take care of us. You will provide for us. And it's a hard thing, Lord, to realize when you're going through a tough situation to hold on to that promise. But that's what we have. 
and it's as good as the God that gave it, you'll always be there and be the same. Now, Lord, as we worship you through the giving of our tithes and offerings, accept it from grateful hearts, thankful for the work that you've given us and the um, pay that we get that we're able to take part and give to you so that we can make a difference and an influence in this county and around this world and in other states even. We thank you for that privilege to be a part of your mission with you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. On a mission with Jesus. I like that, don't you? Let's stand. Before I spoke a word, you were singing, oh. Oh,
not just to have a, a pleasant speaking message, but for God to soak in our hearts and change something that needs to be changed because we become more like you when that happens, Father. We praise your name this morning. Amen. All righty. Good to see you again. We're beginning a new series today. And it's on trusting God in tough times or going through difficult times. And today we're going to begin part one of the first message, which is trusting God in the changes of life. Trusting God through the changes that come in life. It's two parts. I tried to do it all in one, but there was just no way. So I've, I've broken it down the best I can um, and we will cover the second half uh, next Sunday. So um, I'll explain to you in a minute what I want to try to cover today. Um, but probably during the whole month of August, we'll be doing this series on trusting God in tough times. You know, we, we really are in the middle of something in our world, our country, but in our world, where things just really don't seem to be getting much better. And there are things that have happened um, that are happening now that's never happened in the last 30 years of Gulf to Lake Church since 
we started it. We'll be starting our 30th year in about a month or two. Um, and I do care about what people are going through. I know that there's a big interest in the end times. Always has been. So I told you last week, you want to get a crowd, tell them you're going to be preaching on the end times. But to say this, there has always been tough times. Amen. Every generation has had tough times. There's, there's been the wars and the rumors of war that the Bible talks about. There's been nation rising up against nation. There's been earthquakes. There's been famines and all, all of that stuff. There's been sickness, you know, and uh, plagues and things like that. But, this is a big, big but here. <laughs> in fact, if there's a word that I'd like you to remember today, especially, but in the whole series, it is the word convergence, convergence or converge. It's not in your notes. So if you want to put it in there, that's fine. And, and, and what I'm saying about that is this, not until fairly recently in the scope of history has all these things converged at one time as we're seeing it now. I'd like to go back, and I would go back to 1948 when Israel became a nation. And when you then look, taking that, and look at everything that has happened about the nations rising up against nation, yes, and about the earthquakes and the famines, it is now converging. Whereas there were always pockets, there were always places um, now it's worldwide. It's not just in America. It's worldwide, the things that, that we're seeing. So, again, I don't. there's things that have never happened in the, in the last 30 years. But in addition to that, there are, and those of you that are struggling maybe today with the economy and, and retirement and so forth, some of you are struggling with personal changes in your life. Um, some of you, your kids are about to go off to school, um, and I don't mean local, I mean maybe off to college or in the service or whatever. Loved ones passing away, we deal with that all the time. Getting older, um, having difficulty remembering things. Folks, you need to really help me every now and then. Are there... Some of y'all that are having trouble remembering things like me, come on, be on my, don't just, you know, if you really are having trouble remembering things, folks, I can see, I can see something that is so common and I may not be able to remember the word. I don't know if you've ever done that. It gets so, I mean, it's so dis, distracting to me. I was in my car I was listening to XM radio. I was listening to the 60s. And they, they were playing that song about, don't know much about history. Remember that? And part of that song, the words are, don't know what a slide rule is for. Oh, I said, a slide rule. And I thought, I wonder, would I know how to use a slide rule anymore? And then I got to thinking about math and the, all the math that I had to take. And, and I thought, y'all remember what a protractor was? How to, I, th I thought, well, I think I could use a protractor. But then there was that other thing that had the real sharp point 
that had the little sawed-off pencil in it that you made perfect circles with it. What's that? A compass. I could not remember that. Folks, I mean, it, it just, I mean, I was getting bothered about it. I had to Google it, you know. I, I had to Google mathematic uh, tools, da-da-da-da, and finally I saw it, you know, a compass. So those are things that, man, that they're just changing rapidly in my life. Um, and I imagine some of you also. And there are a lot of changes in life like that. But I want to talk about today mainly the changes that you can't control. And, of course, I believe everybody would agree that the world is changing. About the only thing that you can predict accurately about the future is this. It's going to change. Tomorrow will be different than today. We don't know what it's going to be, but we know for certain that change is just an inevitable part of life. Now, to tell you what's going to be happening, starting on August the 17th, it might be the 23rd on that Wednesday night when I start back live Bible studies. And the reason is because I'm waiting for, I ordered 100 study guides, uh, little book study guides for those that want one and want to attend. And we're going to be covering really just about the last three, three and a half years. We're going to be looking at these things that have changed and that are converging in our culture. And we're going to be dealing a lot with things like socialism, you know, and, and where that fits in with Bible uh, predictions and so forth. But it's going to be very interesting. We're going to learn how to deal with it. It's a, a David Jeremiah study. We're going to learn how to get through these changes that have already come and that are still many of them that are out there. Because you see, as I started preparing for this and looking at his study guide and then looking at the file folder that I had on this kind of information, um, I guess what really amazed me was the speed of change, the speed that change has happened since 2020, 2021, going back to COVID, and we'll be talking about that. The scope of change, the, the types of changes, and the size of changes, and again, worldwide, not just here locally. And, uh, you may notice that things are changing faster and faster. You know, I mean, it's just difficult to keep up with it. So, and you know, a lot of books have been written, uh, even biblical books trying to forecast, you know, what is going to happen. I mean, who would know that? I mean, could you imagine back in the year 2000, and I remember 1999 getting near the end, how everything is going to collapse on January 1st. All the computers will collapse because they don't know how to go to 2000s, you know, and all that stuff. And I mean, who would have imagined in the year 2000 and you could forecast that Bill and Hillary would still be together and, no, and Al and Tipper would be the ones divorced? I mean, think about that. I've probably, you know, I've seen more change on a personal level in church life and in and, and pastoral life, and I've had to learn how to cope with it. And so that's what I'm going to do. Today's message and next week is almost like a testimony of lessons that, that I've learned of how to not only just live through a change, but maybe even grow through it. 
and, and, and see God use it for his glory. So I'm going to be today talking about the four things that I've learned that have a biblical basis, of course. And then next Sunday, we're going to look at eight principles from God's word on how to keep growing no matter what the changes go or happen in your life. This is a very important message to me, and I hope that it will be to you. So let me give you first off the bat the four things that I know about change. Okay, so there's four big things, and one of them, in fact, the first one, we're going to have some sub points there for you to, to fill in. But one, I know for certain that change is inevitable. Change is inevitable. Nothing stays the same. On this planet, everything changes. Did you hear what I said? On this planet, everything changes. God even told us that this was going to happen way back in the first book, book of Genesis, um, chapter 8 and verse 22. As long as the earth remains, there's going to be springtime and harvest, cold and heat. Did you get that? Winter and summer, day and night. Folks, in other words, God instituted change. Things don't stay the same. It gets hot. It gets cold. Always has, always will. There's going to be summer. There's going to be winter. There are seasons in life. Now, let me get into political incorrectness here. And, and some of you may not like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Because of what I know about my God and what he has said here about as long as the earth remains, there's going to be this change. This climate change is garbage. It is garbage. There's always going to be change. And if it is getting hotter, it's because it's a, yeah, climate has always changed. And what I'm amazed at is, is these people, folks, that come across as so intelligent or trying to act so intelligent. I mean, I, just from examples of the last two weeks on television, they're doing the news. And as you know, it's hot. It always gets hot in Florida in the summer. Yeah, but it's a degree hotter by average. You know, well, then I hear them say, and these are actual things that I heard. Well, you know, it's never been this hot since back in 1935. Heard that. Okay, so it was this hot back in 1935. So what's the big deal? You know, yesterday, yesterday, they, they have this show called... Um, it's like Weird Earth or something like that. And, you know, you know, I like to watch stuff like that for the scenery. And they're talking about this phenomenon that happened uh, in the Russian Siberia area. And how in the world could that happen when we know that 4,000 years ago that the earth was heated up way more than it is now? And I said to myself, there you go again. It was hotter 4,000 years ago. I mean, folks, there's... Change is inevitable. Don't let the people, don't let this government and all these people mess with your mind and your belief. Understand, listen, how arrogant for any man to think that he can override God's, what God has already planned. And to think that we could somehow mess it all up. 
It's not going to happen. So let me give you the four things. I was going to give you the sentence, but I noticed in the first service, people were writing this down, and then they didn't know what to do with the fill in the blanks. So I'm just going to go to the fill in the blanks, and you'll, then you'll know the sentence. First, talking now about change. There is no growth without change. There's no growth without change. If you're going to grow spiritually, if you're going to grow relationally, if you're going to grow intellectually, if you want your business to grow, if you want our church to grow, whatever you want to grow means it's, there's going to have to be change. And because I've watched over these years so many churches not willing to change, I don't mean change their belief. I don't mean change what we know and believe about the Bible. You, know, you ought to know me better than that now. But I mean, sometimes, even though your message doesn't ever change, methods sometimes do change in order to be able to reach people. Um, I mean, if a person, if you're here and you own a business and you want it to grow, um, but you, you say, but I don't want any changes, that's not going to happen. You know, that, that'd be like a woman saying, I want to have a baby, but I don't want my tummy to get any bigger and I don't want to go through labor. How does that work, ladies? It's not going to happen. There's no growth without change. Amen? Number two, these all feed off each other. They grow. There's no growth without change, and there's no change without you feeling loss. You're going to feel a loss when a change takes place. Every new beginning, are you listening to this? Every new beginning is an ending of something else. It's an ending of something else. And every end is a new beginning. That's what life is all about. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here yesterday. We had a service here yesterday for one of the young sons of one of our church family. This place was absolutely just totally packed. We had to bring in chairs. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at these, the, the, the ones that grew up with this young man and that I knew and that I went to watch them play ball when they were in high school and so forth. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is, this is about life. I mean, there's birth and there's going to school, there's graduations, commencements, there's get, get married, have the grandkids, then there's death, then there's birth. Then the, and it, you know what I'm saying? It just keeps on going. And there's no change without you feeling like a loss, you know? And I'll tell you more about that a little bit later. But I guess what I'm trying to share is I've got to let go of what I've got in order to grab on to what I've not. Does that make sense? A lot of people don't realize that. You know, I, I, to grow, I've got to let go of what I've got in order to grab on to that which I've not. And the, the illustration that I would use here would be like that of a trapeze artist. I used to love to watch that. You know, um, if you've ever been to a circus or maybe even watched it on TV, and they're 100 feet maybe up in the air or more, and they push off of that platform, and they, they're holding onto that bar, and they swing way out, and way over there, there's, here comes another bar swinging toward them. What you may not know, those never touch. They wouldn't touch if you even let them go. But anyway, here comes another bar, and that person is up there, and they're holding on. But in order to go where they haven't been yet, there is a moment in time where they've got to let go. 
It may be a split second, but in order to grab hold of that other bar, in fact, if they tried to hold on to this one and the other one, guess what? They're going down. You've got to let go. Um, between that point, you know, they're in midair. And I'm saying that to say that some of you may feel that way right now. Maybe you've been let go from a job or you left a job and you don't have that new one yet and you don't know what's going to happen because of bills. Or maybe you finally kicked this old habit, but you don't have a new one yet and you're tempted in midair to go back. Or maybe you've been in a relationship that ended, but the new one hasn't started yet and you're just kind of hanging there in midair. Well, I'm going to tell you, the few times in my life where I felt like that I was just in midair was the scariest times in my life because I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I realized this, it's a test of God. Do you know what it's a test of when you got to let go? Faith. It's a test of faith. Will you trust him? I've got to let go of what I've got in order to hold on to what I don't have yet and, and, and being able to move on. You know, we all heard that definition of insanity is doing that same thing over and over and over and hoping for different results. And folks, I did that for years. And I'll bet some of you, I wanted things to change, but I wasn't willing to change. And, and so the next year, I'd be doing the same exact things over and over and over until I was willing to let go. So there's no growth without change. There's no change without you feeling a loss. And if you feel a loss, there's no loss without grieving over it. You're going to have grief. See, I, did, I didn't get this for a long time. I'm just going to tell you, confess to you, even as a pastor for about the first 10, 15 years, I didn't understand this. And I think it's because I'm of the male persuasion that us guys, we don't do grief real, real well. We're, we're just not good grievers, you know, because ladies, the truth is we're just not in touch as much with our emotions. In fact, when we have a loss for so long, when I had a loss, I just wanted to get over it as quickly as possible. Right, guys? And just move on to something else. So we shove it down. And when you shove it down, it's kind of like shaking up a Coke bottle with the lid still on it. You know, something is going to give. I did not understand. Let me, again, confess to you. I did not understand and I guess I'd have to say I didn't believe it then, but I didn't understand for a long time, grief is good. It's good. It's a good thing. Grief is how we go through these transitions of life because every end is a new beginning. And I learned that if I didn't learn how to grieve properly, then I was just kind of stuffing everything down. And Jesus said over in Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Folks, Jesus grieved. I shared the sermon yesterday where part of it with that whole group was John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus wept. 
he wept over what people were going through. And so what I try to tell people is if you've lost a loved one, if you've lost someone close to you, you know, in your family, husband, wife, son, daughter, brother, sister, whatever it may be, it's good to grieve, okay? It is good to grieve. And I would even say this, um, looking back at my own life, when my own mother passed away, I, when I, if you were sitting in my office and we were talking about your grief, I would say, you know, you're going to have some difficult times for at least about a year. Because there's Thanksgiving and there's Christmas and there's birthdays and there are all these things that, that you were used to, to sharing. And on some days, and, and, and those of you that have lost someone fairly recently, you know this right now. On some days you think, okay, I can handle this. You know, you got family around you, you got work or you got something, you say, okay, I can handle this. And then there are other times, it may be the same day or night, I don't think I can handle this. You know, I don't know if I, don't know if I can go through this. But folks, that is normal. And that is the way that life is. You're going to go through all these seasons of life. And let me just say it as, as a pastor that really does love you. And I've, I've learned to tell people this. And I say it at nearly every funeral at some point or another. You don't get over grief. You get through it. And I'm not sure that you should get over it. I mean, listen, how does a... Um, a man and a woman that have been lived together for 30 or 40 or 50 years and, and they lose one or the other, how do you just get over that? You don't. You know, you, you get through that. You go through grief. It's a transition. It's a, it's a stage. So I've, I would never say to anybody, well, you know, how are you doing? Have you gotten over that yet? Mm, I wouldn't do that. Because what they ought to say back is, you need to get over asking me if I got over that, you know, because I'm still dealing with that. Sometimes, you know, in fact, the Bible tells us there's a time for everything. And I wasn't going to do this, but I am now. Uh, it won't take but just a minute or two. It's, uh, it was too long, so I didn't include it on my notes or um, in your notes, but it'll be on the screen. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 tells me, what God thinks about change. There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather them, a time to embrace, a time to refrain, a time to search, a time to give up, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to mend, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Didn't God cover it all? That, folks, that tells us that change is inevitable. And you're, some of you are going through 
one of those probably right now. That is absolutely normal. Now, before I leave this one uh, and go to the next uh, progression, can sometimes you be happy and grieve at the same time? Yeah. Those of you that have ever had your child leave home, you know, think about that. No, I'm talking about grieve. You've had, now, yeah, some of you grieve because they never left home. I understand that. But listen, man, when you've had that daughter or that son and they've lived in your house and they've been in that room down the hall and they've been there since they were a baby and now they're 18 or 19 and they're walking out the door, you're happy for them, but you grieve because there's a loss and there's no loss without grief. And that brings me then to the next one. There's no grief without pain. If you're grieving, you got pain. And everybody hates pain, just like we hate grief. But pain can actually be a helpful thing because without it, how would you know that you need to go to the doctor? And the same thing relationally with relational pain. So change is inevitable. Can we agree with that? Number two, not all change is good, but God can use it all for good. Right? God can use it all for good. Getting laid off, that's not a good thing. Going bankrupt, that's not a good thing. Cancer, not a good thing. But folks, God can use even the bad things if we give them to him. And I mean give, I don't mean like, oh God, I'm just so, at the end of my robe, you take it all. No, I mean you give it to him in trust and faith that he can even bring good out of it. Now, I wrote down three things here. That change comes from basically three sources, choices that we make. You know, we we make choices, and those choices have consequences, and then there are circumstances. So you may want to write those three down, easy to remember. Circumstances, choices, and consequences. You got them written down? No? No? Come on, man. How many of you took shorthand in school? Lady, any ladies? Come on, honestly. Any ladies take shorthand? A few? All right. While you're writing that down, you know the best two classes that I ever took? And I took the first one because I just had to have a fill-in, typing. That was the best. And I loved it so much I took a second year. I have used that my entire life. Loved it. Worked my way through school, uh, two or three years of it, writing papers for other people that didn't want to write papers. You know, might not have been honest, but that's how I made money. I don't know. I mean, really, they didn't write it, so it's kind of bad that they put their name on it and turned it in, but that's the way it was. I love to do that. All right. The easiest kind, you got them written down. So the easiest kinds of change to me to handle are the ones that I choose to make, right? I choose to make it. Um, positive, change. I'm going to retire, or I'm going to go off to school. I'm going to get married. You know, Those are changes that we make, and they're easy. But the choices that we make or that other people make that, that can cause problems for us, those are hard. But the most difficult, the most difficult 
are the circumstantial changes. Circumstantial. What do you mean? I mean when the rogue winds of life hit you. Something that just came out of the blue. You ever had that? I mean, where you say, I didn't see that coming. To me, those are the most difficult kinds to handle. And we're going to talk about how to deal with that next Sunday. But regardless of where the change comes from, I know you know it, but I am, what I'm going to do today is encourage you to memorize. You, get, you, get, you have one homework assignment. Memorize Romans 8, 28. You probably already know it. Let's read this together out loud. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Do you believe that? That is so vital. We know it. We say it kind of glibly. But folks, if you say, God, I want you to do, I want to do what you want me to do. I want your purpose for my life, and I'm surrendering this to you. Then, folks, he can take anything, even number three, which is human error and sin. He can even use human error and sin. And that brings pain. But I got another whole sermon one day that I'll preach on how God uses pain. And here are the, the different ways. He uses pain to inspect me, to correct me, to direct me, and perfect me. Amen? So he uses that. And, and he, you give it to him. And if you are honest about it, he can say, I can even use that for good. I, again, we could go over a dozen Characters in the Bible, the one that, of course, comes to your mind immediately is Joseph, of how God can use that. Number four, change is always a test. A test of what? Faith. It's always a test of faith. When you go through a change, positive or negative, marriage or divorce, birth or death, graduation or flunking out, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's a test, and it's a test of your faith. First Peter says this, the purpose of these troubles that you're going through is to test your faith as fire tests how genuine gold is. Your faith is much more precious than gold, and by passing the test, it gives praise, glory, and honor to God. So God says it's inevitable, but I can use it for good. I can even fit it into your plans, your errors, your mistakes, and even other people, what they've done to you. So if that is true, what should be my attitude? And this actually begins next week's message. Write it down. My attitude, praising God. If he can do all that, then my attitude should be to praise him. And my verse that I love there is Job 1.21. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So we're going to be looking next week at the eight principles of how we make it through biblically through these changes. Right now, I know it's kind of a weird way to end, but I want to ask you to bow with me. And I'm going to ask you that if you are here this morning, because I don't ever know why people come or the reason that they come, <clears throat> or what they dealt with that week. 
I'm always surprised at how the sermon affects people differently. They all hear something that sounds like differently. But if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, and you've been thinking about that, and the Lord has spoken to your heart about that, maybe this week you heard something, you saw something, something has not worked well in your life. There's been life, there's been death. And if you've never given your life to Christ, I want to encourage you to do that, to believe in him, to trust him, that he loves you, that he died for you, shed his blood for you, rose again for you, and is calling you to come to him. So in the quietness of this moment, if you, would, if, if you need to ask Christ to come into your life, if you would make that time to do that now, and if there's something in your life, a change, a big change, something that's really thrown you for a loop, it's inevitable. And it's normal that you would be grieving. And normal that that grief would cause pain. But God will help you through it. Why does it happen? Simplistic answers because we live in a fallen world. God still moves. God still moves. In the hearts of his people, God still moves. He does not sleep, nor does he slumber. God still moves. God still moves. Let's stand and sing that one more time. God still moves, God still moves in the hearts of his people, God still moves, he does not sleep, nor does he slumber. God still moves. God still moves. Lord, thank you that you do. And because of that, we have hope in the changes of life. We ask this in Christ's name. Keep everyone safe as they leave. Amen.